When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Edge Martinez in Real Life Podcast. Oh, Melissa Ford, it's my guest today, everybody. Woo! Melissa Ford, welcome. Strangely. Welcome to a, a woman's uh, podcast oh where my. there is good lighting. The boys are not frolicking around. Oh, I feel so good to there be here. There are women on set. Look at, look at the woman behind the camera oh over there. Oh, my God. It is a my wonderful My producer thing. is a woman. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Oh, it feels so good. I, I just... <laughs> Melissa plays with the boys often. Oh, God. She is in a, in, in a boy podcast with a bunch of boys. Let, let's start, before we get into all of that, let's okay. start from the beginning. Let's talk about uh, where you came from and your history and how you started. And Okay. Uh, let's do a condensed version. Condensed I, version. I'm originally from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Canada girl. I am a Canuck. Um, I am a landed immigrant here in this country. Mm-hmm. I have a green card. Good I pay you. my taxes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never committed a crime, so I'm here legally. Okay, um, good, good. That's important. So I started my career doing music videos, and I, I was just kind of sitting on the fence, living in Canada, thinking that, you know, why would I ever leave here? This is where I was born, raised, my family is. Um, but here I am on weekends, you know, ending up in Trinidad on yachts with Jay-Z. Oh, so you got that job before you came here? Oh, I was, here. I was living in you Toronto. You were working Yes. Oh, got so it. university student working in a call center in in uh, Bell Express View and bartending regular life and moonlighting as this music video model, lead girl or principal girl in the biggest budget, you know, music videos and songs for the most enormous artists, hip hop artists on the planet. People were spending bread on videos. It was around the time that it, that it, was, it was starting. starting. It mm-hmm. was just starting. So, you know, I just, I, I entered the fray at literally the perfect moment. Yeah. From December 1999 to roughly 2004 was where my music video career really was shaped and honed and this is the space that I lived in. Mm -hmm. But I always knew there, you gotta take the exit ramp somewhere. 
And you got to take the exit ramp before people, you know, divert the traffic and say you're no longer viable. One of the last videos that I did before I try before I took the exit ramp was Usher's video, Yeah. And we shot that in LA and that was like a really fantastic experience. Um, but that was one of the last videos that I did because I had my sights set on on hosting on television now. Mm -hmm. And so I'd started to, you know, solicit opportunities with BET to start to be use my voice more. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a silent movie star, quote unquote, doing these music videos. I've heard you call it that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a three minute, it was a three minute movie, but still, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it's qualified. Um, but I really, really, really wanted to, you know, show that I had talent beyond, you know, congratulations on your face and your body kind of thing. <laughs> right. So, you know, so that was quite one of my very last videos. Mm. I think, I think my last one was Will Smith, and it was a song called Switch for the movie Hitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Random. What, what, were those, what were those sets like, though? Because there's all this, like, and, you, and the times were so different. So different. It's like now we're seeing a lot of stuff that was going on in the 90s that is, in, in, through the lens of 2023, looks crazy. way different. Yeah. Looked one way in the 90s, looks way different now. Yeah. So I just wonder, through the lens of 2023, and when you think about those times, like, um, I don't know what was happening. What was I, your experience? I feel like I was really insulated. Uh, you what know, do you my, mean? my personal experience is I was really insulated because, because I was so close to Director X mm -hmm. and because I was, you know, close to Hype Williams and because I was close to Inga and I was close to the, the, like the, the executive level of who put together these massive productions. I was insulated and protected. Mm. It's not that you didn't experience um, situations that might be a little precarious. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I used to make kind of like a, a jokey reference to the fact that some of us, you know, music video models would um, act like beavers. You know, when beavers go to sleep in the water, they sleep back to back. You know what I'm saying? So they don't drown. Um, and so <laughs> it's music video models. You got my six, I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And you keep your head on a swivel. You know, make sure that, you know, because what we know now, yeah. what wasn't really described that way, was there's a little bit of predatory behavior going on on music set. I mean, there was a lot of alcohol. Mm -hmm. Want to get you a little loosey goosey and, and stuff and then like you're that. there under the you're there under the premise of, of being this is sexy. This is a sexy, beautiful woman. Yeah. So and you're wearing not much. A and lot so of the time. immediately, mm -hmm. yeah. This is why you're here. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's almost like there was, and it wasn't only that it was just accepted; it was expected that something could happen to you. Mm. on music video sets. And it's only now that people really truly have an understanding that women were there doing an honest day's work for an honest day's pay because really people didn't look at it like work. I just wonder what, how you manage in that, because you said you were protected, right? But like, how did you manage navigating that type of energy all the time? You know what I mean? I mean, mean it, was, it was, depending on the set, the energy could be wildly shift. Like, for example, when I did Knock Yourself Out, Jadakiss. I can't say enough good things about Jadakiss. Mm. He really is a gentleman. 
He tr- it, back then. Right. We had a scene in which everybody wanted me to be very handsy with him. Mm. And they wanted the energy returned. They wanted us to kiss. They wanted us to like kind of grope each other. It was like supposed to be very romantic. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know him. I got a man I'm going home to. So no. Um, and so I had this conversation with him at the car, moonlight and the whole nine. And I was just like, hey, uh, let me just, I'm gonna make the video look real, real good, but I need you to keep your hands above the waist and um, just kind of let me lead. And he was like, I, Ma, I wasn't gonna touch you. I just, uh. <laughs> you know, I was like, thank you so much. Did you not have any experiences where people were disrespectful or like? One experience that kind of lives with me um, during that time, mm-hmm. it was in the crafty room, craft services, uh-huh. where all the snacks are and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a video where there was a lot of women on set. There was a lot of movement on set. We were at the Parker Meridian Hotel. We had two floors. There was a lot of action going on and stuff like that. And I really, oh, I needed a break. I needed a break from all the energy. There was a lot of people and stuff like that. So I went to the crafty room and nobody was in there. I was like, ooh. And I got like this ponytail and I'm wearing this dress that's literally like a condom. It's like, it's sucked all everything in and it's really, really short. Mm. Like, don't sneeze. (laughs) Um, So I'm sitting there and I'm just like eating some licorice and whatnot and then this guy comes in the room. I don't know who he is, but you know, he looks like he's part of the entourage. You know, it was a rap video. Mm. And then another guy comes in the room and before I know it, there's about 10 guys in the room and they're circling me and they're starting to touch me. And I did not know how to defend myself or, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I think that women sometimes have a fear of offending or making a bigger deal out of something. Mm. Their instincts are firing off like crazy. like but Especially like, when you're in a work environment. Exactly, but it's just like, eh, danger 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 but you suppress those instincts Mm. you suppress them because you don't want to seem impolite you don't want to you don't want to call attention to something that might that might not be a thing Mm. but it's a thing yeah and you're terrified but you don't know how to act you don't know how to you just don't know how to act in this moment Mm -hmm. and it's almost like if i do act and i get hysterical will that make it worse will that mean that somebody covers my mouth and then it just goes all to hell, right. you know what I'm saying? And I, it was one of those moments where I literally, terror on my face, didn't know what to do, and literally, cameraman or grip walks in the room and notices, which was amazing that he could even notice, but he noticed that I just was like, sitting there like my chihuahua, big eyes, SOS. Mm. And he was like, hey Mel, um, I think they need you on set. Let me take you. And that was it. That diffused the situation and got me out of a situation that I felt like I was in peril. Um, Wow. You know. That makes me wonder how many women were in those situations and... mm, Those mm, were treacherous times. Yeah. It was the wild, wild west. There was no... There was no rules. There was no boundary. There was no HR. Who are you calling? Yeah. Who are you complaining to? That's it, there's no more work then, right? Because you're problematic, right? Exactly, exactly. And a lot of times women, you know, they made made decisions based on need, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than 
I, I feel empowered by this decision. Yeah. I feel I, I want to be here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I am in control. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No. No, no. No. God, did you ever see that guy again? No. <laughs> I wonder no. where he is. No, it was... He's it, a good guy. I wish for him some blessing today. I don't I, know I do. I do. I, <laughs> I, wish, I wish him well. I have, I've sent him flowers in my head for, you know, over the course of Thank many God. years because that situation could have just gone completely differently yeah for sure you know so um i was i was i was definitely fortunate wow. but like i said i mean it's been um so sometimes like, it's treacherous waters does yeah. any of that stuff triggering for you that comes up like now how we were talking about like now in this day all these like stories of the 90s people that we know mm -hmm. going through accusation I, I feel like there's a whole group of our People that were like pillars in yeah. the culture that are yeah. just like that titans of the industry knocked, being down, knocked down one yeah. after another after uh -huh. another and uh -huh. um, I don't know you know we get asked a lot about believing victims you know yeah and well why would they have waited why would they have waited to make these claims and to file these suits mm -hmm. and et cetera et cetera et cetera. And it's a conversation, it's a question I am extremely uncomfortable with. Mm. It is not for me to answer. It's not for you to answer. It's not, it's not. For our, anybody except the victim to it's, answer. Yeah, it's mm. not our story. You know what I'm saying? But. I just imagine there's all types of reasons why women don't speak up right away. Listen, I will say this, that I think that anybody that comes forward, whether it was five minutes ago, five days ago, five weeks ago, five years ago, or 20 years ago, I commend you, you're brave, because every experience that I've had has not been on the up and up, mm. you know? And they've been with, there's one that I can think of in particular, I, I don't have the, the bandwidth, the, the strength to deal with the onslaught of what I have seen victims go through mm -hmm. to put myself in that position. That is why I, might, wow. I tip my hat to them. I've never heard anybody admit that or say that out loud. You know, well. I, I'm, I, in the, I'm very brave these days. Mm. And I give myself a lot of credit for being brave to say things that people think to themselves but would never ever utter the words, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I have said this to people, you know, that there's been experiences that I probably could have filed suit on, but I'm probably never, I'm never gonna do it mm -hmm. because I can't deal with the repercussions of it. I can't, I can't and I won't. Mm -hmm. I won't, I, won't I, I have to protect myself in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, my mental health, I've been through a lot. My mental health is fragile, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and especially like the last five, six years of my life from the near-death car accident. Definitely want to talk about that. Everything that transpired after yeah. that. And then my mom, you know, getting sick with cancer and passing away and that rocked my entire universe. I mean, I had more suicidal ideations um, during that, those, you know, first couple of years of my mom passing away than I've had my entire life. Wow. Um, you know. So when you think about adding to that. I can't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't, mm -hmm. you know. Maybe, there, maybe there's people that would say, but Melissa, you 
you doing that, you standing on that platform yeah. and saying, I'm like. That's why people are not honest about um, the fact that they won't, because then they say, well, you could have saved somebody else. But it's also, you have to, be, you have to live with it. The person who is uh, sharing whatever experience that they had has to live with the energy that comes back with that. It is a very brave thing. People don't talk about that enough. Yeah. How brave you have to be to put your stuff on the front line. So you're right about that for sure. Yeah. But I've also never heard somebody, well, at least I've never had, I'm sure people have admitted to it, but I've never heard somebody from the other side talk about why, why I wouldn't. Yeah, uh, that's why. Yeah. I'm, I'm too, mm. I'm too fragile. Mm. I know myself. I know myself wow. and I, I've, I've done, I have, I have gone through an enormous amount of therapy and come out the other end with a, with a really intense sense of self-awareness. And I know what my bandwidth is, and I know, <clears throat> I know what I am not capable of handling that will probably like upend my life to a point where I won't recover from it. Mm. And I, want, I, I don't want that for myself. Do you think ever in your life you might change your opinion on that? You know, we're watching you know, chickens coming home to roost. Mm -hmm. And when somebody does the things that they do, you know, what's happened to me, mm -hmm. it's not an isolated incident. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there will be a before and an after kind of thing. And I don't believe that anything that I do or I say can, pre can prevent another act from happening. I, I don't believe that. Mm. I don't. Um, and also, again, I stress, after everything that I have gone through, I have to protect peace. my my peace. Yeah. You know, so I have had to make peace with this decision. It has not come lightly. Mm. I have struggled. I have cried. I've screamed. I've talked to my therapist. I've talked to close friends that I knew that I know would never betray my confidence. Wow. And I know that I. I, I just, not this lifetime, mm, not wow. this lifetime. Maybe next lifetime I come back as Joan mm -hmm. of Arc, you know? Um, <laughs> you just never know. But anyway, I, I yeah. asked you that because to, to the point of like how brave those women are and when people ask the question like, why did it take them so long? That's, this is why. Yeah, this they, is why, because you have to, because it's scary. And a lot of times, and, you know, we, we you know, our, our, our vocabulary has expanded, mm -hmm. you know. I'm surprised consent was not the word of the year. Yeah, you know we didn't saying? even, nobody was talking about that. We, we have a different understanding about it now. We have a more expansive way of understanding what it actually means. And mm -hmm. I, I think that a lot of people are very uncomfortable with the expanded understanding of what that concept actually means because then they have to go back in their past and they have to understand that their behavior Mm -hmm. is now being called into question. Mm -hmm. And now somebody might have, a, might have been living with a different perception as to what, consent what, was. what transpired between the two of you. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what we're, seeing, what we're seeing right now. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So Whew. it's, uh, ooh, it's some, it's, some times. It's that is muddy waters, you know? <laughs> it is muddy waters. Woo. <laughs> Let me take you back to those times you were talking about. Because honestly, how you and I connected, we were at the dinner for Angela Yee. Mm -hmm. We had never really had an extensive conversation like no. that before. But and I'd I, always like, I'd always adored you from afar. Thank and I told you. And, and I told you that when, so we, nice. when we did the 50th year of hip hop thing for ABC. Mm -hmm. um, one of the moments that just like, you know, where I was literally like this to you was when you were on 
American Idol mm. and you decided to leave because you just were you just didn't want you said I don't want to be responsible for crushing people's dreams mm -hmm. like this is I'm not cut out for this yeah, I'm not cut out. I know I was, what I can do I know what I'm built for and not built for and I was just like there's not there's so not very many people that would have had that level of integrity mm, self-awareness so and that level of kindness to mm. do something like that I was like I love Angie <laughs> That's I so love her girl crush, <laughs> hashtag girl crush, That's you so know, sweet. so like in, you were always like a friend in my head and mm. you know, you were always floating on the peripheral for me because one degree of separation in terms of all for of sure, our friends for and sure, stuff for like sure. that. Yeah, so it was yeah, always yeah. just like, hey girl, hey. Yeah, yeah, if I saw you, I'd be like, <laughs> hi, but we yeah. never really took, we would never had time together yeah. until that night at that dinner. Yeah. And we were talking about um, this trauma and accidents. Mm -hmm. You had told me about your accident, mm -hmm. which I had I didn't know about. I mm -hmm. didn't. It was uh, way more traumatizing than anything mm -hmm. I had experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't really talk about that much, do you, or have you? I mean, you've shared the story somewhat. Um, when it it took me almost a year to recover. Yeah. Um, I was living in LA. I was going to a bridal shower. Um, the um, R&B artist Tank, it w he was getting married to his now wife, Zena Foster. Mm -hmm. It was her bridal shower. I was going to a part of LA that I wasn't really familiar with. It's called Glendale. I was on the 134 freeway. I was not familiar with it at all. So you by yourself in the I'm car? I'm by myself in the car. Thank mm -hmm. God I did not have Daisy with me. Oh my God. Because you, you, know, you see, I take her everywhere with me. But <laughs> I, you know, on this day, I was literally like, she's looking at me with the eyes. I was like, no. You stay here. That's funny. And my car accident, my dog was in the car with me. I, listen, he was okay, thank God. Yeah. Daisy would not have been okay because I got hit by a truck and my Jeep flipped five times. Wow. And um, what ended up happening was when it was flipping upside down, the roof got ripped off. And so when my Jeep came to rest upside down, my head hit the pavement. And that's how I ended up with a skull fracture. My brain was bleeding. I had a massive concussion. I was knocked out. I don't, when I saw the photos, of my car accident, I have zero memory of any of that and all the Good Samaritans that stopped for me. I have zero memory, I don't remember anything. Oh, people stopped, mm -hmm. well they had to. Yeah, so, oh yeah, like it was, a, the 134 was shut down. Um, and so, the memory that I have- Your head hit the actual- Pavement, yes. So when I woke up, I remember, waking up and I could only see through one eye because there was like blood like pooling in, in my other eye and uh, but I don't know I don't I don't know what's happening I just know my back feels really warm and I'm looking up at the sun I was like what the hell is going on over here and then I start seeing these these figures above my face and I see yellow and it's basically the EMT workers like mm -hmm. the first responders and stuff like that and I'm thinking to myself there's no possible way, there's no way, no way. And so I kind of just turn my head to the side and I see my Jeep upside down, wheels still spinning slowly and it smashed. And I was just like, I, it was the most surreal experience of my entire life because I feel no pain. I don't feel any pain because I guess shock and adrenaline and the whole nine, mm -hmm. nothing has- And you're awake. I've now woken up, but apparently I've been out for about 10 or 15 minutes oh. because the Good Samaritans that came, literally one guy took his shirt off and held my head closed because I had like this, my head was like cracked open. And then somebody else was like shielding me from the sun with a hat. And I see all this in the pictures because I don't remember it. They might've been talking to me and I don't know. 
Um, and so then they, you know, first responders, they put me on the board, neck thing, and then they put me in the ambulance and they take me and I just- So your head is open? Yeah. And I remember like saying to the first responders, I was just like, I started crying and I said, can somebody hold my hand? You know, I felt like I was so alone. I felt so alone. And they were like, oh yeah, uh, okay, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whoops, mm. offer some compassion to the chick who's like a mess right now. And then it was just like a flurry of activity when I got brought into the emergency room and you know, neurosurgeons and doctors and ER nurses, et cetera, et cetera, just going crazy just over here. Cause I don't know what's happened. I don't know that I have like this gaping wound and my skull is like cracked and all the whole nine. I don't know this cause I can't feel it. Mm. Um, so I'm in the hospital for about a week um, with a head injury. They keep you there really long. Yeah. Gave me some really good drugs. <laughs> so really good. It was like, um, so funny. But a lot of friends came to see me. Mm. Um, so what was it? And what, they kept what? mirrors away from me too. But I will say that I survivor's guilt crept in very, very quickly. Why? I started. I started to feel really resentful of the fact that my life was spared. Why? I didn't, I didn't really feel like it was worth sparing over others, you know? Did somebody else lose their life in that? No, 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 no. no just no. in general. No, like... just, just in general, you know? Like, I just started thinking about, I don't know, child prostitutes in Calcutta. Like, I don't know, like, do, children of, of, in refugees can't, re refugee can't, I just started- You just felt like you I probably should have died in that car accident. I was like, I was really angry at God for sparing my life. And everybody's saying to me, you know, you have a purpose. God spared you for a reason. I was just like, I hate that idea. I hate it. Stop saying it to me. Why? Because I, it felt like it was way too much pressure, first of all. Uh, My purpose? What, the, what is that? Like, mm. I was wildly disoriented. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I have a, a, a traumatic brain injury and I didn't understand what comes along with that traumatic brain injury. Which is what? Um, first of all, your, your uh, natural like mood stabilizers are compromised, your dopamine and serotonin receptors, the whole nine. So like, you're, you're, you're kind of off your nut a little bit. Yeah. Um, a lot of times what I came to find out, but my doctors did not tell me, is that a lot of people who suffer from TBIs, they are, um, they is, are prescribed a, SS, a traumatic brain injury. Uh -huh. They're described SSRIs, basically antidepressants to try to, you know, um, offset the suicidal ideations that come along with it. I could not figure out why I wanted to kill myself like so soon after surviving what happened. Mm. Um, but had you ever felt like that before the accident? Oh yeah, I mean oh. like this, be, surviving this industry alone, I've definitely, you know, had like, ma like severe depressive episodes that lasted months where I isolated myself and, and hid from the world and drank too much to self-medicate and self-soothe and stuff like that because I've been very anti-antidepressant my whole life. I just, would, I just felt like it was, it was weak to take them and I needed to white knuckle it through my own problems, not understanding that I probably was suffering from chemical imbalances and I could use some medication. We have a different understanding about that kind of thing now too. Mm -hmm. 
So fast forward to my car accident and understanding that now I really actually do need them, but I won't take them because my doctors haven't explained to me what's going on up here. It took me crying out for help using my Instagram page, which I would never do mm. in my whole life. I have thought that vulnerability and exposure was a weakness that I would never, ever, ever want to let the world know I was suffering mm -hmm. or I needed help. I, I just know, but I was out of my depths. I was dealing with a monster that I just didn't have the tools to understand how to fight it off. Wow. And so I started speaking through my Instagram page and talking about the, the ubiquitous misery and s overwhelming sadness that I felt that I was out of control and I didn't know how to fix it. I was full of rage. What were you posting? Just things like that. You know, I, I, I'm a loquacious mofo, you know, so <laughs> even in the depths of my despair, I could write a pretty little caption. Yeah. <laughs> but people would reach out to me. And then, you know, I ended up going on The Breakfast Club and, and, and being very vocal about mm. what had happened to me and stuff like that. So people would send me advice, you know, like I had people who had um, experienced PTSD and traumatic brain injuries while they were, you know, serving overseas, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and my God, my, my hat and my heart go out to these people because they really helped me understand how to help myself. Like one person said, oh yeah, my husband, when he came home with a traumatic brain injury from being in Afghanistan, nothing worked and blah, 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 until he tried hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And I was like, oh, you mean like the thing that Michael Jackson used to lay in? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, not covered by insurance, hella pricey. Right. But it was one of those therapies that I, that I tried. I, tr I tried to do a lot of holistic stuff. And you're trying because emotionally you feel... Emotionally, mentally, I am, I, am, I am a pancake. I am a puddle. I am a mess. I don't know how to fix myself. I feel broken. I literally felt broken. Mm -hmm. And I did not know how to put myself back together. I had certain coping mechanisms my whole life, and none of them were working anymore. What were those? Just curious. Like I told you, a um, little bit of self-medication, mm -hmm. maybe a, little, a, a lot of overindulgence in um, alcohol, uh, marijuana. Mm -hmm. um, never did anything else. Mm -hmm. I've, never, I've never done cocaine, never done, never done any of the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I mean, wine, coping. Mm -hmm. wine is a gateway. Mm -hmm. It is a gateway that a lot of us women really, 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 you know, sometimes yeah. take. Also probably work addiction also probably was in there. And you know what? I, want, I was going to mention that. I watched um, Ryan Coogler's interview mm -hmm. and that work addiction thing is a, is, a, is a very real thing because something traumatic like dying, almost dying, um, can happen to you or you're the person that brought you into the world like your mother dies and you still feel this overwhelming urge or need to keep yourself working in, working busy busy f for fear that you lose relevance or popularity or you also don't want to deal with what's really going on it's just a way to avoid it is a way to it's avoid but it's, it yeah. is the absolute worst it's the absolute worst way to avoid because it's going to rear its ugly head yeah. somewhere else for sure um you know so for me, those coping mechanisms were, you know, abusing um, weed and alcohol and then just self-isolating some weeks, months. And What do you mean? What does that mean? There would be times where you wouldn't really see me for like six months. Would anybody see you? Maybe a couple of people. Mm -hmm. 
I, I could like hide for a really long time. And a lot of, and a lot of that, that time was pre-social media. That's scary. Yeah. That's, very, when it, that's when it gets scary. It is, it, it is really scary to, mm -hmm. to think about, um, to think about what I thought were my coping mechanisms and that, that these, not even considering how unhealthy they were and trying to figure out a different way, a different approach to doing things. They just don't even things. work anymore. Yeah, but it was just like, it, it was just, you know, get home, buy bottles of, bottles of liquor, self-medicate, fall asleep, and rinse, repeat, you know, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I'll say all that to say that by the time the, you know, my traumatic brain injury from my car accident happened, those tactics no longer worked. My brain was a different brain, mm -hmm. you know? It had, I had, it had been bleeding, you know what I'm saying? It, drinking alcohol was the, and smoking weed was the worst thing that I could do for my brain to try to repair it in, 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 a, in a point in time in which I need to repair it. Yeah. What I need is sleep, what I need is meditation, deep breathing, that oxygen therapy, what I need is peace and quiet, talk therapy, and, and I need people to, like my, my loved ones, to rally around me, and I need to give myself a, you know, a break from feeling like I need to contribute to, in any way, shape, or form, to the ether, to the world, whatsoever. Wow. That's a, that's a load. It's a heavy load. It was a, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. And, and just this overwhelming also urge to feel like a comeback story. You know what I'm saying? Because you you, you're still working. That's you being performative. That's you yes. wanting to, the Melissa Ford brand That's and how it's word. perceived. Super performative. Yeah, it's super, performative. Super performative to my own detriment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I eventually go back to work. Um, I was on a podcast at the time, very popular podcast. Um, was this Joe's or no, a different this one? No, this was uh, Hollywood Unlocked. Oh, God, Hollywood Unlocked. Um, and then at that time, I was just like, I really need my own thing. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I just really need to do the girl thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I started my own podcast at the time. I called it I'm Here for the Food. The title was based on my dating life because usually I was just there for the food. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> it was like, That's so really it, was, you know, it was tongue in cheek That's and it's cute. like a girl thing, you know. But, but you're still healing at this time? Had you figured out? At, at this point, so this is basically like a year later. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing so much better. Um, but the day that I launched my podcast, I find out that my mom has cancer. Mm. Let me add on to the fact that I had not spoken to my mom for six months because I was angry with her. And wow. she had been trying to contact me, calling me, sending me messages, mailing me little things and stuff like that. And it wasn't until um, her best friend who I call my aunt, she was like, I need you to call your mother right now. And I was just like, I'm not very happy with my mother. She was like, I don't, I don't care. You need to call her right now. And I knew in that moment that something was really, really wrong. And, um... Why were you mad at her? My father had died a really long time ago in 1992. And we had his ashes in a, in a box. Um, really pretty, you know, box. Um, and I always had this idea that I was going to take it to Barbados and I was going to take a boat out in the Caribbean Sea and mm -hmm. I was going to empty his ashes into the sea. Well, obviously, a couple of decades passed, so I didn't get around to it, you know, but it was always this thing that I was going to do. I mean, he wasn't going anywhere, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was always this thing that I was going to do. 
My mom discovered that she had cancer, so she started to tie up loose ends because she, I think she felt that she wasn't gonna survive this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, she took his in the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Ashes to his parents' cemetery plot and buried them there. And I was so angry. You, I was so angry. You didn't ask me. You didn't ask my stepbrothers and my, you know, my father had other children from previous relationships. You didn't ask any of us if anybody wanted them and wanted to do something different with them. Why would you do that? I was so angry. But a part of me knew in my bones why she did it. Did you know she had cancer? Oh, you didn't. Mm -mm. She didn't tell me at that point. Mm -hmm. And I just was so, I was, I just was angry and I was just projecting and just, mm -hmm. just being an infant and just, and just being a dick, you know, because I could. My anger was really important to me. And, um, yeah, I, I. Were you guys close before you and your mom? before this happened or complicated? Complicated. Got it. <laughs> complicated. Um, really complicated. Mm. She loved me so much, but she was like, she's Russian and Norwegian, you know, Viking, you mm. know, stoic. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's just like her mom died when she was 15 and she didn't have an easy life. So it's not like she was like the warmest person, but I never really gave my mom, you know, I, I never really like gave her like a wide berth for understanding you only act, you only, the education of which you are first disposed to is who, is, is basically who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I just, I never let my mom off the hook, really. I just never let her off the hook. Moms and daughters, it's not uncommon. <laughs> it's not an uncommon thing. It really isn't. And I just, you know, guilt. Oh, my God. That has been my, my cross to bear. Mm -hmm. The guilt that I have, like, just felt for so many different reasons. Like, mm -hmm. my career choice, the way people have received me. I internalize it, you know, just I self-flagellate all the time, make myself pay for every misstep in judgment and every bad decision. I have not allowed myself to be a human being for the vast majority of my life. I have expected more of myself than I have expected of any other human being in this world. And wow. I, I, Ange, I don't know how I'm still here. I don't know how I've survived, but Wow. You are a warrior, sister. <laughs> you know, I just really want to be a soft pink kitty right I know, now. right? I hate when they like, you're so strong. I don't want to be strong. <laughs> I used to say that after my accident. People would be like, but you're so strong. I'm like, I don't, don't want to be strong, strong anymore. I'm, I'm so tired. tired. I'm Girl, I'm tired. I got used to get so mad. You're so it's, strong. It is Fuck exhausting. You. Yeah. you know, Fuck so you. Um, <laughs> finding out that my mom had cancer, it was aggressive and it was Fast. What kind of cancer did she have? Colon. Oh, God. Um, and uh, so in a very short amount of time, I had to experience change. Did you call her right away when they... Yeah, mm -hmm. I did. And um, this was in November. Come December, she's sold the house I grew up in as a child. The, my sanctuary, the place that I knew, if everything else falls apart, everything fails... If I, if I fail at life, there's that place I can go to. I can go home to my childhood room and crawl into my bed and my mom is gonna, you know, make me a coffee and a scone with some butter and she's gonna bring it upstairs and she's gonna sit on my bed and she's gonna stroke my head and she's gonna tell me everything's okay. Mm. So, I had to, um, for Christmas, I like had to pack up my house. I had to say goodbye to like so many things. I had to say goodbye to my life. Mm. The, you know, and knowing that my mom was probably not gonna survive and oh my God, it just, it was awful. I'm so sorry. It baby. was really, really hard. And it's just like- When was this? This was, uh, this was, um, end of 2019 into 2020 so the pandemic came oh this is not that long ago no can it's we not. get some tissues please sorry <coughs> i want to make sure you gotta keep your makeup good okay, <laughs> still in the corner thank yeah. you baby so um 2020 uh pandemic hits and it gets real it was very different your mom is still here no. no, it was very different in other countries than it was here. Mm. Um, so Canada's borders shut down. 
it became very difficult for me to travel there. Um, and um, what I didn't know is that my mom decided to, um, there's, a, there's a process in Toronto called, in Canada called MAID, Medical Assistance in Dying. When you are um, terminal, you can choose the day that you are going to die because they're going to assist you. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's wow. legal in eight states here, maybe more now, I'm not sure. Wow. Um, but it's legal in Canada. And so you have, to go, you have to go through a very long process. They ask you, they ask you in front of people, they ask you when you're alone, is anybody coercing you to do this? The executor of your will cannot be a witness to anything. There can be no conflict of interest or whatever. It is very, it's, it's a process in which let's just say 20 people say, oh, this is what I want to do. By the end of it, two people will go ahead with it. And those two people are always women. Men always back out. That's what the doctor told me. <laughs> she was like, women are warriors. They really, really are staying strong. So wow. my, mom chose, my mom chose the date as May 19th. And I got home to Toronto on- This is during COVID. During COVID. 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I got home to Toronto on May 13th. I tried to get there the 12th, but- I tried to smuggle Daisy on the air, on the, on the airplane, and mm -hmm. they caught me. <laughs> no. And I didn't have her vaccination records. You know what? I got there the 13th, mm. and I was shocked to see. I had just seen my mom in March. So I'm, I am trying to work. I'm trying to be Melissa Ford. I'm trying to run my podcast. I'm trying to work on my other podcasts. I'm trying to do all of these things. At this, and, and act like everything is fine and projecting that everything is fine and nothing's fine. Why do we do that? I don't know why we do this to ourselves, but it's, it's what, I do, what I did. And so the last time I'd seen her in March and when I came in May, m my mom was a skeleton. She was, it, 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 was, it was over. Um, and, you know, so I just, laid in bed with her for days and just, I tried to ask her as many questions as I could. Mm. Oh, baby, I am so sorry. That's why, like, after it happened, you know, I, I, any chance I could get to, like, do an interview and talk about this, mm -hmm. I would say to people, like, please, if you can, if you have a funky relationship with your parents or your mom, just try your best to re repair it. And also like talk to your parents about the people they were before you came along. Mm. Ask them questions, you know what I mean? Like get to know them as the human beings they were before they had you, mm -hmm. you know, and understand. That's good advice. And also just, you know, just understand their fallibility. Like they're just, they're, they're human beings. They will err, they will make mistakes. and. You know, but it's just like, just enhance the relationship just through that, in, you know, just a, a, in, improving your level of communication with this person. It's gonna make you feel so much better mm -hmm. when they're gone. Cause I felt like I was racing against time to try to figure out like, what do I want to ask her? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know because I didn't take the time to figure out who she was outside of me. And it just, oh, I, believe me, you don't want to live with that guilt. Oh, it will kill you. It will just, it will just kill you. Mm. And, you know, watching. I think you're doing amazing. 
things. By the way, because this is recent. This is these are these are open wounds. Yeah. Even the fact that you're trying attempting in this moment to take what is inside you and this trauma and this and still use it as an offering is really commendable because your you. wound is still open baby like you're still in it the yeah. other side of this i could only imagine what you're going to be able to offer well, in terms of surviving it so you know. Uh, you know i the whole health and wellness space yeah. self-love self-care yeah. it is not a weighted ikea blanket and a yeah. glass of wine that's not what it is it is it is difficult difficult shadow work it is it is it is you are depths of despair you feel like you're coming apart at the seams when my mom passed away i wanted i was trying to find a mental health um facility to check myself into because i thought i was i felt like i was going insane mm -hmm. and just thank god i had certain friends in place that they, they would let me do they would just let me be if, if I was raging out of control and I was difficult to deal with, they didn't judge me for it. A lot of people judged me, some, mm. but some friends did not, and they let me go through this. How could anybody judge you through that? Because they probably don't know what you're in. They just know what your actions are. It's a terrible club to be a part of. Mm. But anybody who has lost their mom understands what it means to be a part of this club. And, no, and people who have not lost their mother don't understand until it happens to them the insanity that you feel you you will you just won't get it you your entire universe has been ripped to shreds you are hurtling through time and space it's literally like you are you know you're, you're untethered you've lost your tether to the earth and you are just flying around and you're hoping somebody grabs the string and pulls you down but that is like that is that it, it doesn't happen the grounding that happens takes years it takes years years i'm i'm at year three three just about not even fully yeah i'm at year three and you know the christmas holidays are coming up i have no parents i'm an orphan i don't have family so it's just like I look at Christmas trees, I look at everybody making these plans and stuff like that, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to Mexico. <laughs> I'm just gonna go cry on the beach and talk mm. to the ocean and the universe and stuff like that and just try and make it hot for myself, you know? Oh, but that's baby. just. You're trying to survive through these times. It's probably really hard this time of year. It I is. always try to keep that into consideration. I always see everybody at the holidays, everybody's always joy and family and this. And there are so many people in different ways, not just what it, you're yeah, going through. That are very, very sad. It's just a triggering time for a lot of people. Yeah, it and is. Yeah. It I, is. I think you're doing amazing. One of the things that did help me um, during this time, again, you know, like how I said previously that I had a very difficult time with... Um, using SSRIs, you know, like uh, antidepressants, like Zoloft uh -huh. and Paxil and blah, blah, blah. I just yeah. white knuckled it through it. But um, I discovered microdosing psilocybin. Oh. You know, I don't like to call it drugs. I like to call it plant medicine. Mm -hmm. um, and I was introduced to it by way of um, Kirby, who's the creative director of Pierre Moss. Oh, yeah. I was introduced to him by a mutual friend uh -huh. um, and Vic Mensa. Oh, wow. um, 
I was really afraid, you know, to try. And I didn't know what it meant. Mm-hmm. I'd never tried shrooms before. Like, I didn't understand. But I was willing to try anything because I, again, I didn't think that I was going to survive. I kept seeing headlines. Video music model Melissa Ford dead at 45. Jesus. Dead at 46. I kept seeing them. I lived in this building um, in downtown L.A., which is hell on earth, I will say. Skid Row is just like down. Anyways, I won't even go into it. But I had a balcony. Um, I had a patio. And over the balcony, it was like a nine-story drop onto just aluminum siding kind of thing. And it was like kind of like where you can, you look down and you can see all the um, the other apartments and stuff like that, but it was like this big empty square. Um, and I constantly, constantly thought about throwing myself over the balcony. I was like, this, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna survive if I don't find something to do. So, I was introduced to these two and they started talking to me about how plant-based medicine, microdosing really helped them deal with their depressive symptoms and their anxiety and that sort of thing. So I tried it and it definitely, definitely, definitely helped. Wow. Um, I was grateful for that. How so? How does, what does it do to you? Like what do you, for you? It stopped the negative narrative that constantly constantly, Mm. you know, kind of plays inside my head. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You're stupid. You're this, you're that. You should have done this. Are you still dealing with this? Do you think? No. Okay. I, I, no. So this is a couple of years ago you started this. Yeah. Um, but also talk therapy. Yeah. Therapy has been, um, you know, extremely helpful. When my mom passed away, I had a I had a I had a moment of reckoning with myself, looking at myself in the mirror, and I said, I just said to myself, I was like, Melissa, there's no one left to take care of you. You have got to get a lot better at taking care of yourself, and that means taking care of your your mind. Mm. You you all you you promote health and wellness and beauty mm-hmm. to the world. Your hashtag goals for how you, you know you work out and that sort of thing. But you are a mess up here. No one would want this. The way you talk to yourself, you wouldn't even talk to some random on the street. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't talk to your worst enemy the way you talk to yourself. You got to fix this. You're not going to survive if you don't. Mm. So I had that moment with myself where I told myself this, but I was like, I don't know how to be kind to myself. I don't know how to be patient with myself and I don't know how to offer myself grace. I had to learn. It was a muscle that I had never used before. So I had to learn. I had to ask people. I had to talk to my therapist about what are some healthy coping mechanisms. So it was a very long, arduous process, and it was many, many years. And I regressed a lot of the time. But, you know, one step back, one step forward, two steps back, blah, 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 blah. So eventually now I'm in a much better headspace to where I am very gracious to myself mm. i am very kind to myself i'm like oh, 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 oh nope we're not going down that road no 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 this no, is no. you talking to yourself this is how i talk to myself nope we're not going to berate you made a mistake it's fine moving right along mm-hmm. it's okay what is the what is the biggest coping like what is your go-to coping me- mechanism for even if you like slip back a little bit or you see yourself telling yourself something negative or slipping into some type of depression especially now it's tough the holidays are here 
Like, what is your, do you have a go-to thing you learn from the therapist or? Pilates, Pilates came along at a really good time in my life. Mm. Um, I'm so interested, I wanna start. I started, I, I loved it so much that I started to learn how to be, I was, I'm training to be an instructor. I'll be your first client, I'm in. I got Sign you. Sign me up. I got you, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I am in love with Pilates. I okay. love everything about the principles of Pilates. I love everything about it. I loved how out of my head and into my body I could get, because I needed that. There'd be times where I would be on the reformer board sobbing, but it would help me, especially when I was doing something that was a new, that was a new exercise mm -hmm. that required a, a deeper level of concentration to connect, to make that mind-body connection to it, mm -hmm. you know, where it feels really foreign, like, what am I doing here? You know, mm -hmm. there's a move called helicopter that's like, oh, it looks so dope when you master it, but it is really, really hard and complex. <laughs> right. So for me, getting out of my head and into my body, usually it's physical exercise that helps me. How are you managing the guilt? Because you mentioned guilt from surviving your accident and also guilt, your relationship with your mom and not talking and all of that for that time. How are you managing that? Like, what is the thing? I mean, sure, through therapy, you've talked about it, right? So like, what is the thing about getting around guilt? Because <laughs> I'm sure there's people all over the world dealing with different types of levels of guilt, but like. I, <clears throat> I'm a, I'm very cerebral, I'm, a, I'm an intellect, and so I, I intellectualize all my problems. You know, I have to find a solution, and it's usually in literature. And so, when I don't know the answer to something, I get on Google, I start searching, yeah. I'll search the word. Problem solving. You know, I, I'm problem solving, so I'm just looking. So I'll like, you know, look for self-help books or like personal development books, or maybe I'll get on YouTube and I'll, you know, watch something that, you know, is motivates or inspires me or allows me to reframe how I'm thinking about something. Um, I've got a couple of, you know, girlfriends who are a little bit older than me who are mentors and they are just, you know, their life experiences and the way that they, the way that they, you know, engage with me, they have really, 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 really helped me understand a how to reframe my thinking from being negative to more positive, but also understanding how to challenge long-held beliefs. You know, ask, asking me questions. Well, why do you believe that? Where did you, where did that belief come from in the first place? Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought that maybe you were wrong? And what if it's this? Working on yourself. Constant, yeah. constantly working on myself. I swear to God, it is exhausting. You know, but it's always at least it's always forward motion. It's it is it is forward motion. But every once in a while, you're just like take a break, just pick up some you know chiclet and just read that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, some yeah. fictional stuff. Just take a break from the personal development because you know what I discovered? There's no arrival. There's no arrival. <laughs> There's no final destination. There's no final destination. <laughs> There's not going to be a point in which you're like, you close the book. Whoa, I'm perfect. I'm healed. I'm healed. There's nothing left to do. <laughs> Trust me when I say something's going to come along to sideswipe you because yes. this is life. Yeah. This, it, it, it undulates. It ebbs and it flows. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be something that knocks you off course that maybe now you have the tools and the co proper coping mechanisms to deal with it when that comes, comes along. Yeah. And one of the things that I discovered along the way, my research, mm -hmm. is I discovered Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. Oh my God, <laughs> Brene Brown. Brene, please come to the podcast. Brene, Look, we are fans I, here. Adopt me. Um, I love her. Yeah. so much. Yeah. She is, for mo people who don't know, she is a um, social worker with multiple PhDs. Yeah, yeah, her yeah. life work she is devoted to um, 
teaching people about shame mm -hmm. and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And is it shame? We've talked about this, by the way, Kelly Clarkson. We talked about shame yeah. and vulnerability. Yeah. So I mean, shame and guilt are cousins. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're first cousins. Mm. Um, and so, whereas at one point I never wanted to show any chink in the armor, I never wanted anybody to to see any level of like my my humanity. Mm -hmm. I looked at vulnerability as a weakness. I now look at it as a superpower, and it and it and it has endeared me to people being so vulnerable yeah, and candid sure. and transparent yeah. and, and, and it's all these years you and I have finally connected all these years in, in yeah. passing and yeah. in the moment of both of us being vulnerable yeah. we connected in that in where that at one way. point we both looked at vulnerability like we can't afford to yeah, be vulnerable like, hey, Not hi, nice space. to meet you nice to meet you yeah. too and then we're like off about our world exactly yeah. but now it's just like vulnerability is something that we embrace and we look at it as like a, a, a superpower rather than being a hindrance mm. or you know a weakness or whatever the case is and then just having a greater understanding about how shame shapes so much of our, you know, the decisions that we make and how we live our lives and how we try to shield ourselves and protect ourselves. Guilt is closely related to that. Mm -hmm. So by way of, you know, listening to her, reading her, her literature and just everything kind of related to that is, I, I've, it helped me to develop a different relationship with the concept of guilt and how much I need to release it, mm -hmm. you know, and how, and how it is, it, I wanna say it's a worthless emotion, but it's not, um, because it can kind of, um, it's almost like a form of self-preservation, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's very complicated, yeah. I will say that, because at the wrong times it is, a very, it, it is a very worthless emotion. It, does, it is doing absolutely nothing for you and it is detrimental to your- Guilt. Yeah, mm -hmm. to, to you, your mental health and forward momentum, mm. you know? But in the right situation, guilt can help you make different decisions, maybe repair situations mm. that you have been the cause of its destruction, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. yeah. My God, I didn't ask you this at the beginning. I'm almost afraid to ask you this now. Oh, no, I'm not afraid to I ask you this I love it, I love it. I ask this on every episode. Okay. How happy are you on a scale of one to 10 right now? Right now, not mm. an hour ago or yesterday, but right now. I'd probably say like a nine. Really? Mm -hmm. I I've, I've been looking forward to this. This makes me happy. Oh, I'm so happy. You, I, I, you, your energy is like, is so dope. Thank you. Um, I've been looking forward to this. This is this is the definition of a safe space. Mm -hmm. Your staff is incredible. Thank I look you. bomb. You do. <laughs> good lighting. <laughs> you know, my baby is in the corner, Daisy. Like this is this is this is good stuff. I love that for this you. Is, this is good stuff. I like. I'm gainfully employed. Mm. You know, like I've got opportunities coming my way. Like I would. I'd definitely say in this very moment, right now, I am at a nine. That makes me so happy, and you yeah. deserve to be at a nine. Thank you. You really do. Thank you. The whole week hasn't been a nine. Holy shit. <laughs> this whole time, I know there's been some noisy times and stuff. Not yeah. always a nine, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd say it was more like a two about five days ago, maybe four days ago or something like that. But, you know, I mean, ebbs and flows, undulation. Yeah. This is life. Yeah. Uh, you know, if this had happened maybe three years ago, I might not have had the bandwidth to to stomach what's happening, you know, but mm. I'm good. I'm but also great. even, or, or to even know that you could get to a nine, I'm sure a few years ago was far-fetched. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, part of my, part of my um, you know, uh, 
my self-education has been to study happiness mm. and study the concept of happiness. Wow. Um, and what what makes us happy. And, you know, like I'm I'm in my 40s. Um, and so, you know, this is this is this is this is the decade where we have like an existential crisis. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, we start to really, 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 really like look at how is my life meaningful? What is my purpose? Maybe start thinking about, you know, legacy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, That's all my IRL questions. <laughs> Basically all those things. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Those are I the mean, things we're thinking about These now. are, the, yeah, this is the decade in which you think about these things where things that used to impress you or things that used to, you know, like um, just, you know, you used to be like mired and you're thinking about that. They're, you're just like, yeah, that's not really all that important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about, I need to buy a vacation home because I need to spend a lot of time there. Mm. I need a happy place, mm. a physical happy place where I can go and I can es escape and I can just be the, the, the best version of myself, the self that I love so much. That's a good goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm just trying to figure out where is that going to be? Is it Costa Rica? Is it Nicaragua? Is it Lisbon? Is it Jamaica? You know, is it Mexico? It's going to be somewhere, girl. Good for you. I can't wait to see you get it's that. Gonna be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking at some real estate in Mexico on my next trip. I Trust love and that believe. for you. Yeah. I love that so for you. So that's, that's what my idea of like creating like a a constant source of contentment and happiness. Because that's the other thing that I learned about happiness is it's, it is, it is, it is elusive, mm -hmm. you know? And as human beings, we're not really built to be on such a high level of emotion all the time. We burn ourselves out. Mm -hmm. The goal is to search for contentment, not happiness, because it's, like I said, it's too elusive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and life will come along and, yeah, and life. You know, life be life in. It sure does. You know, my so God. contentment. My God. Contentment is the thing that you're looking for. Two two things left. Number one, we talked about this time and the holidays, and this is not your first holiday without your mom, mm -hmm. or even since your accident and going through all of that. But mm -hmm. you had, I'm sure, some of them. I'm sure this is tough, but I'm sure some of the ones from the past couple of years were even. Yeah. Tougher. Yeah. I can't imagine that first holiday after losing your mom and going through all of that, what that holiday season was like for you. And when I think about what some people might be going through right now who are in the trenches of something and this time, I don't know, do you have any advice or any thoughts on just how to weather the storm or weather this time of year? You just, you have to... You, you really have to figure out what protecting your peace looks like for you. You know, I, I can't tell you what protecting your peace looks like because it's, you know, it's, 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 it's individual curation. You know what I'm saying? So for me, protecting my peace is I spend a lot less time on social media. Mm -hmm. I, spend a, I spend no time digesting what's going on in the news. Mm -hmm. As much as you want to care about what's happening to other people in the world and their, you know, their, their, their sordid circumstances. You, protecting your peace, you have to live with yourself. You have to create a boundary. You have to, mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, that's what I do. I, I, I really limit my social media um, interaction how much I'm scrolling. I'm very aware of the dopamine hit and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, Especially this time, if I go back to this time, 
when people only put the highlight reel. The so highlight reel. Everybody the has the perfect yeah. family. Yeah, and, and the, the husband Christmas and the husband mm -hmm. or the or the mom got them mm -hmm. the perfect gift and they have the perfect relationship and there's the the comparison is at an all time high of that, mm -hmm. like you said, that feed of like that, that, yeah. that. I think you have to remind yourself that is not everybody's reality. It's not. If you are in a down place right now during especially this time of the year, the reality is there are a lot of other people also in that. One know? of the things that I did in order to get out of my head is I started to volunteer. Mm. I was so, I just was like, I am tired of myself. I am tired of constantly thinking of myself and my problems. I am exhausted. <laughs> I need to get out of my head That's and good. I need to put my effort and my energy somewhere else. So besides Pilates and working out and stuff like that, I started to volunteer at an animal shelter when I was still living in LA. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. And when I tell you that I got so much joy out of cleaning the kittens little cages <laughs> there, there was nothing that made me happier in that mm. moment like those few hours that i was at the shelter a couple few times a week made brought me so much joy that's that, really good that volunteerism is really really yeah. something that is good for your soul yeah you know and when you're like sick of yourself yeah if if you're in desperation and can't fix yourself quick enough to be able to deal yeah. it's just an easy quick fix it really is. to like take that energy and put it outward yeah it doesn't heal you completely but yeah. in the moment if you just need to change your energy and and, and get out and of your get head. out of yourself yeah. your own issues and problems yeah service yeah is a, service is a quick, service unto others is a quick fix it's a very quick fix and it's it's very rewarding yeah, it's yeah. very rewarding and, it, and i just that's i really good it 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 was it was a bomb mm. it really soothed the my my emotional and mental wounds um and i knew it was also something that my mom would be looking down on me and being like that's my baby <laughs> yeah i love that yeah on that note, we'll ask our final question, which is, in real life, what do you hope that people um, learn from you in your life and your experiences? Um, I hope that by way of me being transparent and candid about my experiences, people feel seen and heard and they feel, they feel less alone. That was beautiful. Yeah. Thank I you. want you to have an amazing holiday and I want you to get a vacation home. Oh, I, yeah, I'm going, <laughs> no, I'm going to Mexico. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. 
What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.